This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. The number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. JJ. And Mark. Uh, So there's, of course, lots to discuss. Your call's primary, so let's go to the phones and to the fun. It's Chris in Michigan. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Ian. How are you doing today? Chris, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to tell you a story. I showed my brother how to do the Mark Stevens line of questioning this morning at his court hearing for ticketing. And so what? For turning. For for turning what? What's that? You were going to say he got a ticket for what? He got a ticket for turning left at a place that said no left turn. Okay. And uh, so he did the... Is there an echo on your end, too? Nope, nope, you sound fine. Okay. Um, But he he went to the court this morning to an informal hearing. The uh, state of Michigan, you're allowed to do an informal... And then you can appeal to a formal if it doesn't work. Hmm. Okay. Like Which means that they have a he- hearing. Yeah, they have a hearing to scare the crap out of you so that you won't go into an actual hearing, right? I see. Right, but we scared the crap out of them with the Mark Stevens questioning is what happened. Now, Mark Stevens uh, actually said thank you for appealing to a formal hearing. <laughs> wow. So this is uh, the informal hearing is not in front of a man in a robe, then? It is in front of a magistrate. Hmm, okay. And she she was uh, uneducated on the laws whatsoever. Yeah, these, um, pe- these people just take plea, be- plea bargains. Right. So right. now the Mark so Stevens approach is to we, ask a bunch of but, questions that uh, kind of back the bureaucrats into a corner from which they'll either have to lash out in violence or drop your case. Right. And uh, what happened was, was when we established that it wasn't a fair trial, she says, well... If that's the case, if what you're saying is true, then it's not fair for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You figured it out, lady. Good job. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Nice. Did and you get then, this on uh, video, she, perhaps? Because she went on to say that she didn't care that it was unfair and that this is the best trial you're going to get, are her exact words. Well, it's the best system in the world. You should be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you get video of this? No, we didn't. I wasn't oh, sure what the... Uh, I wasn't sure the, uh, what kind of risks I was taking by doing video at the time, mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't know whether to do it hidden or not. So, well, I mean, if it's a public, if it's a public hearing, you shouldn't have to hide any sort of cameras. I mean, they should theoretically they should allow them in. That doesn't mean they will, uh, but usually it's just a matter of filing a motion or a notice or something like that. Oh, good. Well, that's good to know because uh, the next time, um, then we could. We could do that, but yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna go to a formal hearing now, and we're gonna see what happens in the pretrial when the same line of questioning is used. One thing I've noticed about the whole taping I- issue is that as as you initially start it, you might be met with some resistance or some attitude, but once mm-hmm. you have done it a few times and they're used to you, they they pretty much just let it go. I see, you know, in the Keen <laughs> Court, we uh, we film basically everything that happens before uh, the robed man pretty much and uh so they're pretty much used to the the, the camera coming in and it's it's pretty much i guess part of the process now yeah at this point so i think i think just doing it trying it 
uh, put that motion in, and if you're ever in court or if you're ever in front of the magistrate, whatever it is, you know, just keep trying to get that camera in there and get them used to the cameras for, for yourself and for other people that might want to tape. I think that's a, a critical element, and that'll hold them slightly accountable. And It's not obviously a, a judicial uh, oversight board or anything like that, but at the same time, you will be able to post this stuff on the Internet and uh, share your... your uh, experience how many of mark stevens questions did uh, did your your friend or brother was it get through before you know they moved on um well we got all the way to the uh, conflict of interest questions we got to the conflict of interest questions and once we established once he established that in fact there was a conflict of interest between the officer and the uh the magistrate uh, then uh, she basically said that, well, it would be unfair for everybody if that was the case, and I don't really care. This is the best trial you're going to get, so if you're not going to get to the ticket, you might as well appeal to a formal hearing. So, so but how many questions did it take to get to get there? I think it was, I think we wrote down six or seven. Okay. We proceeded, though, once the fair trial went, we proceeded to try and impeach the officer as a credible uh, witness afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then also added our own little creativity as far as what evidence does the officer have to convict um, or, you know, that he should be guilty of, you know, this said crime. So wait, and, I thought, uh, I'm sorry, a little confused. Up, you you guys already went to trial? I thought this was an informal hearing. It was informal. But what happened was is that when, when you're at the informal hearing, um, you know, after we had already tried to establish that it was an unfair trial, then what happened was is the officer... Um, we, we used uh, the two questions to try and show that the officer wasn't a credible uh, witness to testify, and so therefore his evidence was invalid, <clears throat> being his testimony. So even at this informal and, thing, they're still bringing the cop in, they're still paying the cop overtime to come in and testify? Right, yeah. It's not just the magistrate. There's the magistrate, the, op- the officer, and then yourself, um, and that's how it works. What changes between an informal hearing and a formal hearing? Uh, judge in, well, you got a judge and a jury, and then really? you have a, um... They'll give you a jury a, on a uh, traffic ticket? I, I'm not sure, actually, to be honest with you. I was under that impression, but hmm. I could be wrong. Oh, you know, um, th- things work differently, uh, state to state. They uh, sure do. So it's, it's okay. hard for me. I mean, I'm just surprised at that because it, that's well, not the way I it works it here. Was a judge and a jury. When I had my ticket, uh... They said that the formal hearing was with a judge and a jury, and that was where you were allowed to be represented with, uh, by an attorney. Huh, interesting. Uh, whereas in the informal hearing, attorneys are not allowed. So when uh, will this, infor- this formal hearing be? Is it was, has it been scheduled yet? Um, it looks like it's going to be a month and a half away. All right, so maybe a good idea so, between now and then would be to look into what the court would, you know, what hoops they're going to try to require you to jump through in order to record it on video. Because getting video of this right, stuff is, is priceless, and yeah, you know, that'd be awesome for us to, to record it and then uh, and then submit it to uh, Free Talk Live, and you guys can take a look at it. Well, sure. I mean, you would want to put it on YouTube so everyone can take a look at it, and then maybe submit yeah, the exactly. YouTube to yep. uh, to freetalklive.com. But let us know at, uh, what transpires. Very interesting when people are trying different uh, approaches in court. Certainly, and thank you for the call tonight. Certainly, nothing is a silver bullet. Uh, there is no guarantee that any sort of magic words or line of questioning or anything like that is going to result in you being released from whatever sort of uh, threats they're placing you under. But it is nonetheless uh, educational to see what has worked and in what circumstances and, and who tried it and 
I think so, stuff like that. It's clear from from what we've seen that they do pretty much what they want. And as sure. as this uh, as Chris had said that you know this is the best trial you're going to get. That sort of that sort of um, philosophy that they have in their head of of what they're doing that this is this is justice and whether or not you like it that's too bad because this is the only justice you can get. You know, um, it's it's still you know that you can still attempt to hold them to their rules. Admittedly, they'll they can be very slippery. But the more education you have on the subject, the better off you are. The jurisdictionary system will help you to get a foundation. The Mark Stevens system is very interesting to see whether uh, you can get these people to show a conflict of interest because there certainly is one, no doubt. And uh, you know, I, I you know the, the more you can take these folks to to court, the more you can fight these things, the better off you are, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and up here, the Mark Stevens approach. You can go to markstevens.net to learn more about him, M-A-R-C. That's markstevens.net. Also, Jurisdictionary, Jurisdictionary.com. Yeah, Jurisdictionary.com. You know, Jurisdictionary may be a little more useful up here because the Mark Stevens approach, just they don't even want to hear it. They don't even want to listen to questions. It's just not interested in that. But then again, maybe it's just for me. Maybe with somebody else trying it, uh, it would work differently. Well, they certainly do have a... A thing for you, yeah. if you will. <laughs> so, I don't know. 800-259-9231. You never know what's going to work. But we know what doesn't work. And that is taking a plea bargain. And having everybody take a plea bargain. Yeah. Uh, if everybody would stop taking the plea bargains, they'd stop handing out these junk charges to, to folks. 1-800-259-9231. As usual, the system rests on your obedience and docility. 800-259-9231. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you bring up what you want dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we give you the features there for free so enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com features including listening options. You go to listen.freetalklive.com. You can tune into our broadband and dial-up feeds, plus get information on how to listen via the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. There's our webcam, our free-to-air satellite channel, as well as 93 radio stations from coast to coast that pick up the show at various different points throughout the week. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off. And they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. And along the side, the left-hand side of the page is a uh, area where you can click Become a Member. Their customer service is excellent. They'll call you up. They'll talk to you about what kind of meds you're on and how they can help you, what kind of discounts they can get you. They'll walk you through every step of the way, and you'll save a lot of money. It's meds.freetalklive.com. Doesn't matter what kind of prescription you're on. Well, I guess there are some that you uh, you can't, uh, you know, class one drugs or something like that. But it's meds.freetalklive.com. 
All right, so uh, you can take control of the airwaves here, and we've talked in a lot, a lot of uh, instances in the past, shared stories of police officers who have gotten away with things like murder, and where the police department seems to actually back them up on their claims uh, regarding what it is that uh, that they've done to people, or uh, essentially investigating a so-called crime, uh, and then de- determining that oh no, the cop did everything just fine; it was completely by the book when he shot that un- unarmed man. Uh, things like that. And there have just been no shortage of these instances. And in so many cases, it seems like 90 plus percent, 95 plus percent of uh, the police cases where you have witnesses to police abusing people and harming people and, and using too much force with people that they just get away scot-free. Not only that, in some cases, they, they're given awards, they're given medals, they're given promotions. Vacation. They're certainly given uh, vacation in all the cases. When they're being investigated, they're usually put on paid leave. And we've got an update here on a story out of Seattle that we discussed several weeks back. It's about the guy with the knife that was down to, in downtown Seattle. He was whittling. Yeah, a deaf guy who uh, had a knife to whittle with. Yeah, so he was, par- short, I guess, partially deaf. As I understand it, deaf in one ear or something like that, and hear well. and he had headphones in at the same time. So what happened was this cop uh, arrives on the scene, or I guess was just driving by. No one called him. This cop was just driving by and noticed this man holding a knife. Decided to get out of his car and start yelling at him to put the weapon down. And then within seconds of him yelling, "Put the weapon down!" The cop draws down on the dude and shoots him to death. Wow. And just at a you know busy intersection in Seattle, there's a woman walking across the street. I've seen the video footage of this. You don't actually see the killing. It's the cop's camera. It's pointed forward, and he walks off the camera to do the killing. But the, there's just a woman walking across the street right there. I mean, so there's people all around. Yeah. And Somebody's not feeling threatened by a madman with a wielding a bloody knife. Right. right? He hadn't hurt anybody. That didn't occur. He hadn't yelled at anybody. He hadn't menaced anybody with it. Do they he, know why he had the knife in the first place? He was whittling, I whittling. think. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to do that when I was a kid. Sure, know? yeah, my it's dad not, did that. It's not how I spend my time these days, but uh, somebody does. So the investigation has concluded, and according to the Seattle Times, King County prosecutors have decided not to file criminal charges against Seattle police officer Ian Burke in the fatal shooting of woodcarver John T. Williams. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Wow. Prosecutor's office is expected to announce the decision in a news conference uh, scheduled for yesterday, shortly after Seattle Police Chief John Diaz is expected to disclose at a news conference that the department's firearms review board has reached a final decision that the August 30th shooting was not justified, say sources briefed on the finding. The board's conclusion reached in private deliberations allows the police department to bring, uh, to begin internal proceedings that could lead to Burke's firing or other discipline. The sources said so. Uh, so, so even, internal. This means that he's not going to be charged with anything. This is internal. correct. The worst case scenario for ending this man's life for having a knife with which to whittle is a lost job. Is a lost job. That's right. Wow, and that's why people can't take the justice system seriously. And they, they look at these police officers, and you're supposed to, I, I guess, hold them to a, a higher standard because they are these uh, bastions of civil service in our community. But at the same time, they get away with murder, literally. And yeah, That's right. Right. What, if you, you know, and I, I'm not saying a cop has an easy job. I wouldn't, wouldn't say that at all. But, you know, if I did this, if I'm, you know, wandering down the street, I decide this guy with a knife is a menace, and I just whip out the gun and shoot him within seven seconds— then I'm going to get a murder charge. Absolutely. This guy isn't. According to the story, uh, so again, they could 
lead to Burke's firing or other discipline. Now, other discipline could mean, you know, a slap on the hand. Other discipline. Or he loses a rank. Right, you know, right. Like could that. mean demotion, could mean uh, moving him to a desk job, could mean, you know, any number of things. But the important thing is the criminal charges are now, you know, that's not even an option on the table. So this will be brushed under the rug. And then at some point, the police department will release a, uh, you know, some sort of a news release later on down the line saying that, well, we've determined that Officer Burke was, you know, a naughty boy, and we've had a talking, you know, we've had a talk with him, and mm-hmm. we have told him, you have been a naughty boy, and you will not do this again. Do you understand? Now, go have a donut. So well, it's tragedy. This is this is yeah. a tragedy of justice, not only of the the supposed system of law we have, but accountability, a transparency, everything like that. It's it just smacks of of the class system that I've spoken of in the past episodes. As you've mentioned, J.J. Uh, Burke, in this case, has been on paid leave since the shooting. So this man has been getting a paycheck since August 30th. This murderer has been able to sit at home, right. playing his Xbox, or whatever it is he does while he's at home, drinking his beer, taking your taxpayer dollars to live his lifestyle, whatever that might be, and he just gets to sit there while they do their little investigation, however long that's going to take. What about the family of this this uh, victim here? Is uh, Have they done anything in the courts or filed any sort of... Good question. I do not know. Most people are pretty scared to do these sorts of things. Well, right. when, the when, cops? You're dealing, when you're dealing with the criminal justice system, usually there's not a lot of input from the victims until you know everything's done. At sentencing, the victims can speak up, but other, before that, generally, there's not much. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. The prosecutor's office declined on Tuesday to discuss its decision. And why should they? Well, they've got no obligation to speak to you. I mean, they sure, you pay their salary through your taxes, but you're going to pay their salary whether or not they talk to you. And so why should they feel like they need to talk to you? They, they have no reason to explain themselves to you. You'll pay whether they explain themselves or not. So better to just not. I think, I think the, tra- the, the big problem here is this, this creates a sort of sense of vigilante justice. Because if, if people can't get justice through the normal avenues that they provided, through legal means, and eventually people are going to get fed up. And someone's going to come after that officer or, or the police station and bomb it or run their car into it or do something. I don't, I don't advocate violence at all. But you don't leave them any alternatives. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. There's a little more detail on this particular case. And, of course, you can bring up anything. Also, Mark, you're going to tell us about how the feds have seized several thousand web domains accidentally. It's Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The, the GPS, GPS Black, Black Box, Box Dash, Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Inviting you to our website. The main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. So if you find something that you think is interesting online, whether it be a YouTube video or news article, blog post, you take it, you submit it to freetalklive.com, and then it pops up for other people to vote on as to whether or not they like what you've suggested. Uh, the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. And freetalklive.com is a great place to go to get some liberty-oriented news, but it's not the only one. Yep, uh, you can go to freedomsphoenix.com, uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided a detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive gov- governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's FreedomsPhoenix.com. We are talking about an update on a story that we brought to you several weeks ago. It was August 30th when a police officer in Seattle shot a man to death for the horrific crime of disobeying a police officer. Because that's really all this man was doing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is illegal to have a knife in Seattle. I'm not uh, not certain about that. But Wasn't it a three-and-a-half-inch blade? If I'm remembering correctly, that's, I, I think, what they were talking about uh, there. So, I mean, you're not talking about a big, dangerous weapon. That's no. basically what's on a Swiss Army knife. Pretty much. And it would seem unbelievable that something like that would be banned in Seattle. But, again, I'm not going to jump to a conclusion there. Right. I think it's a pipe dream, but I'd sort of like to see what's been going on in the Mideast and the, the the sort of protests of people gathering. If, if there was advocates for this sort of person, this victim that, that was killed by the police, people should, should be outraged. They should do something about it. But unfortunately, they're so complacent and they're so reticent to, to stand up for themselves or for anybody else that this sort of stuff will happen and it will continue to happen as long as people want to sit on their butts and not do anything and simply go along to get along, this will continue. It's true. And people are scared, though. I mean, I, I don't blame somebody for not wanting to take on the police department. You've got a department full of murderers or well, people that back up a murderer. Somebody that'll stand next to a murderer and say, this man yes. is my friend, and I think that he was justified in killing that man who was just sitting there with a, with a knife listening to a, an MP3 player. Well, you, you know, it seems to me that, uh, that the police should be looking at this video and saying, well, this just isn't okay. It would seem to me, I saw the video, and if I were a police officer, it would seem to me that it would be my obligation to go and arrest this officer for his what he did. Yeah, yes. it's more, more likely that what they'll do is they'll give him some retraining or something like that. Give him a memo. Uh, King County Prosecutor Dan Satterberg says, Our decision has not been finalized and we'll make an official announcement in the near future. Prosecutors have been confronted with a steep legal hurdle in deciding whether to charge Burke with murder or manslaughter. State law shields police officers from criminal prosecution when they claim they use deadly force in self-defense, unless it can be shown they acted with malice and a lack of good faith. Spokesman for the mayor said that uh, there will be statements made in the case on Wednesday. They didn't reveal what would be said. The decision to fi- not to file criminal charges 
comes about a month after a King County inquest jury reached mixed findings on the shooting. Four of the eight jurors found that Officer Burke wasn't facing an imminent threat when he fatally shot Williams and that he didn't give Williams sufficient time to put down a knife he was carrying during their confrontation on a Seattle sidewalk. Not only that, he didn't give the man enough uh, time or consideration to even acknowledge that he had heard the commands. This man had an MP3 player or some something. He had headphones in and he was listening to something. And on top of that, he was half deaf. So he probably didn't even hear what this man was shouting at him. So you're or, saying seven seconds. That's how long it was between the the interaction and the shooting. That was what Mark said. It was pretty quick. I, I think it was seven seconds was what somebody timed it at. Yeah. I mean, literally seven seconds, putting the knife away, taking off your headphones, that's seven seconds. Or or just, just turning around and, and assessing the situation. Seven seconds, that's... Unbelievable. Well, you know, if you're hard of hearing, you likely have the radio turned up louder, so uh, more loudly. So then, you know, this this uh, you're less likely to hear what's going on with with the officer. Lots of people use headphones as ways right. to unplug from the outside world. You're in a city. You're in a place where people may be shouting, you know, across the street, or you don't know if someone's talking to you. You hear someone speaking loudly. You've got your headphones in. You're in your own little zone, whittling with your knife, carving something. What's this something. officer's name again? Ian Burke. Ian Burke. And I'm embarrassed to share a first name with him. Oh, <laughs> that's silly. So, uh, so there's a little more here. So the jurors, again, were mixed on their determination. Uh, one juror found that Burke did face a threat and gave Williams sufficient time. Three others answered unknown. So four of the eight jurors said that this officer was not facing an imminent threat. The man had not wielded his knife toward anyone. He was not holding a young lady at, uh, at knife point. He didn't, you know, nobody was in jeopardy here. Yeah. I could see that if this guy had his knife up to someone's throat, sure. that seven seconds, you know, you know, put the knife down, seven seconds, okay, you know, take Pop the guy him. out. That makes sense. This guy was just standing or sitting there whittling. Maybe yeah. he was doing nothing. This guy's crime was not reacting quickly uh, quickly enough to the officer's authority. Mm-hmm. That's really what his crime was. And and this juror that found the, the, that the officer was facing an imminent threat, to me, just has to be one of those people that's so thoroughly brainwashed. Uh, just such, a sycophant. Yeah, yeah just, just thoroughly brainwashed sycophants that can't help themselves but side with the police every single time. The findings regarding the actual threat to Burke stand in contrast to previous King County inquest decisions in which jurors have almost always upheld the actions of police officers involved in deadly shootings. Inquest jurors weren't asked whether to weigh, uh, excuse me, weren't asked to weigh whether Burke was guilty or innocent of wrongdoing in the shooting. The results were reviewed by the prosecutor's office to help determine whether to file criminal charges. Even before the inquest, Burke, who uh, was 27, joined the department in July of 08 had been stripped of his gun and badge as a result of the preliminary finding by the Firearms Review Board. Uh, the board, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, there you have it. This Berg- is an- another case that makes me happy that I'm here in New Hampshire. Why is that? Well, because of the support network that's here, that people will stand up to the abuses that the police commit on, on the people, like what happened to Pete recently and stuff like that. I think you know this this culture of the, the activist community is one in which such things aren't tolerated, that news is generated, noise and outrage are, are spoken and given. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like things can just pass by. If someone got shot here for, for holding a knife, you, you better believe that there would be people, uh, candlelight vigil or something, there would be something happening where this officer would be very uncomfortable. The shooting occurred after Burke saw Williams across the street holding a flat piece of wood and knife with a three-inch blade. Williams, a member of Canada's First Nations people, used the knife for carving, his family says. 
Burke got so, out of his um, patrol car. I, I, I'm just thinking about what JJ said here, and, and I have to uh, I have to agree. The fact is that um, obviously. The police there in Seattle don't feel held accounted to. If you can walk, if you can stop a man who's uh, walking along with a whittling knife, who's uh, half deaf with uh, headphones in his ears, and shoot him within seven seconds of giving him an order to put down the knife that he's not doing anything to anyone with, then you don't feel any level of accountability to the people yeah. whom you serve. Exactly. You don't feel any. And I can tell you that here in Keene, New Hampshire, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the state, but I can tell you here in Keene, New Hampshire, that these police officers do feel that they're going to be held to account. I, you know, I had a relatively recently, I guess it was the last month or whatever, when uh, Sean left the studio and he got pulled over. I walked, I, I drove up to that situation. I pulled out my camera. I told the state police officer, not the town cop, the state police officer, I'm going to be filming here. He said, all right. And he didn't, mm-hmm. didn't even look up his expectation is is that there's going to be people if you, if you at least at the very least if you mess with free staters there's going to be people that are going to videotape what you do they they expect a level of accountability and i think that's well, a good thing and eventually i hope that we have enough people here who can start actually you know reaching out to average people that are being aggressed against as well like yes. the, the activists up here are very very good at responding when one of their own is aggressed against but that doesn't do much to to help the uh, the other individuals who are being harmed on a regular basis by these aggressive Aggressive government people, um, so we're you know we're moving in the right direction, but there's a lot more that uh, that needs to be accomplished. A little more on what actually occurred here. Um, Burke got out of his patrol car and followed Williams onto the sidewalk. Burke shouted at Williams to get his attention and ordered him three times to put down the knife. Burke fired when Williams didn't respond, hitting him four times. Testified during the inquest that he was initially concerned because Williams showed signs of impairment while carrying the knife. He said when he sought to question Williams that Williams turned toward him with a very stern, very serious, very confrontational look on his face. So as usual, cop gets away with murder because he claims he was scared. It's Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. You can take control of brave heroes. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Um, And by the way, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity if you are maybe just graduated college or still in college, right, Mark? That's right. Intern for Liberty. You can make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and in public policy. The internship includes generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, 
training throughout the summer. You can visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and to sign up there to receive updates and reminders. This is an incredible opportunity for somebody who's in college to uh, go on. You know, many of the people who have taken this have gone on to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and, and many more. It's libertarianinternships.com. All right, so we're going to continue here giving you the latest on what's happening with the man, the cop that shot a man with a knife. Except the man with the knife wasn't doing anything with it. He was just whittling, carving a little bit of wood while he was on the street in Seattle. This cop pulls up, gets out of his car, yells at the man to drop the knife, and then drops him with four gunshot wounds. Why couldn't he just shoot him in the leg or something? I mean, he's got a knife. It's, it's a- just crazy. This man is obviously in no way interested in providing service to his so-called customers. Well, maybe maybe his family works for a mortuary or something. Oh, I don't know. So I've actually, I've actually pulled up the uh, the video here, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get audio out of this. I actually haven't monitored yet, so we're just going to take a shot in the dark here and see how it sounds. And yeah, we're not getting it. I don't think there is. Oh, wait a minute. No, there does not appear to be audio on this video. But uh, so anyway, they what do you mean there's no audio. I just heard audio. You did. Well, I, I didn't hear the audio, so it was in my headphones. Huh. Well, I can't explain that. Anyway, oh, I, am, am I in the studio plug here? Yeah, I think you're in the wrong plug. Okay. So we're going to continue here. Of course, we'll take your phone calls at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Suffice it to say that within seconds of giving the order to drop the knife, this cop nailed this guy, and uh, he killed him. So. A little bit more information here from the Seattle Times. Think, I mean, you'd think these guys had tasers or something. I mean, wouldn't this be the opportunity to, to pull a taser? Burke told uh, jurors, again, this is the cop, uh, Ian Burke, said that uh, he to- the, the man, Williams, turned towards him with a very stern, very serious, very confrontational look on his face. <laughs> this is the best he wow. can come up with. Yep. The guy looked mean at me. Yep. <laughs> Burke told jurors that he still had the knife out and was in a very confrontational posture when he opened fire. Yep. He's not on video, that much is for sure. Williams, a chronic inebriate, had a blood alcohol level measured during his autopsy at 0.18%, above the 0.08% at which a driver is legally deemed drunk. During the inquest, two witnesses contradicted point, Burke, point saying... one, What? Uh, yes. 0.18%. Yeah, that's pretty drunk. Yeah, yep. so he was drunk in the middle of the day, carving some wood. So what? Yep, I'm, I'm man just... Alone. During the inquest, two witnesses, remember, were in the daytime on the Seattle downtown street in full view of everybody. So two witnesses contradicted Ian Burke, the officer, saying they didn't see Williams do anything threatening. Wow. But yet, nonetheless, three of the eight jurors who uh, were at this inquest said they weren't certain as to whether or not the officer was being threatened. And one uh, one of the jurors decided that the officer was being threatened, but luckily four said that he uh, he was not. But nonetheless, you've got two witnesses contradicting this officer. They don't have an iron in this fire. They're not friends with this man. They just happened to be nearby when this went down. And they were saying they weren't scared, but yet this cop was supposedly frightened of this man. Wow, you know, I, I feel I I would feel threatened just to have this this murderer still on the force, still being immune from prosecution, and carrying his badge and gun, walking around like he owns the place. I think the people of Seattle should feel threatened. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And of course, even though they are being threatened by having these maniacs walking around out there taking their money from them, they're not willing to do anything about it, well, as you pointed out right. earlier. What about pepper spray? Why couldn't he use pepper spray and shoot the guy in the eye? I mean, listen, a knife in his hand, your your reach is basically all your ability to, to do any even, sort of damage. Even, you're right about that. I mean, I suppose you could throw it at him, but uh, but even if he had pepper spray, that still would have been in just absolutely uncalled for level of violence because you're only, as a police officer, it's my understanding at least, is you're only supposed to use the appropriate level of force to bring the suspect to justice. And that's presuming they're committing some sort of a you know violent act. And he wasn't. So pepper spray would have been completely uncalled for as well. I mean, you couldn't even get this man's attention. He's drunk, he's got headphones in, and he can barely hear right. you in the first place. We wouldn't have heard the story if he used pepper spray that's or true. taser. Right. Like, the story would have never made national news. Pepper spray or taser, although I agree with you, might have been excessive... However, the guy would have walked away from it. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but if you're stumbling around drunk, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, you know, on the sidewalk, the chances of getting pepper sprayed or tasered are much higher, and, and shot for that matter, are much higher than they are if you're drunk at your house. And it gets worse. Burke testified that shortly after the shooting, he told a witness, a responding officer and detective, that Williams had not complied with his order to put down the knife. He acknowledged that at that time, he did not tell them that Williams had threatened him. So it didn't come out until later that. Oh, yeah, he was in a threatening posture. He didn't tell anybody that day that he felt like that was what had happened. Well, it, it seems to me, I mean, just from what we've talked about, and obviously I, I don't have all the answers, but it seems to me that Ian Burke is a coward who just simply couldn't deal with the situation. He couldn't man up and... and uh, well, he, engage in any sort of conversation. He just pulled out the gun and cowardly sicko. I mean, a cowardly yeah, like, sadist. There's a, there's a much. It seems to me a much better chance. He might be a coward, but it seems like there's a much better chance. This is a guy who goes to the range, you know, on a pretty regular basis. He puts a lot of holes and a lot of pieces of paper that are shaped like men. Yep. And you know, he's just itching for that day that he'll get to do it. I mean, as as a cop, you can hardly imagine how often um, you know somebody must ask you, "Hey, ever shot anybody?" And, you know, there's a certain classification of people there that are going to be upset that, 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 that they have to say no. So now we can say yes. All right. So uh, you can take control here. 800-259-9231. If you've got any co- uh, thoughts on cops getting away with murder, jurors unanimously found that Williams was carrying an open knife when first ser- seen by Burke, but four answered no and four unknown when asked if the blade was open when Burke fired. In reviewing the case, prosecutors had various options, charging Burke with second-degree murder, first-degree reckless manslaughter, second-degree negligent manslaughter, or declining to bring a charge. Second-degree second negligent manslaughter. They couldn't come to an agreement on that. Wow. Second-degree murder charge would require prosecutors to show beyond a reasonable doubt that Burke intended to unlawfully kill Williams or that Burke intentionally and unlawfully assaulted Williams, causing his death. Manslaughter requires less proof. Prosecutors would only need to show that the reckless or negligent conduct caused a death, though they still must do so beyond a reasonable doubt. And federal prosecutors have been monitoring the case and could consider bringing a criminal civil rights case against Burke, but they must show willful criminal conduct to obtain a conviction. The shooting of Williams and the other incidents have prompted the ACLU of Washington and 34 community groups to call on the Justice Department to investigate the police department practices and, you know, maybe they will, but I wouldn't expect anything to come out of it. And I certainly wouldn't expect anything to come out of it, out of it immediately. Well, what about the two witnesses that, that say they saw nothing threatening coming from... What about them? The case victim. is closed. 
it's cl- the case is closed. They're not going to prosecute. The case is closed. Seattle That's officers it. have been under scrutiny over use of force in several incidents over the past year alone, particularly in dealing with minorities. Gee, what do you want to bet that uh, Mr. Williams was black? No, Mr. Williams was uh, uh, Indian is what they oh, said. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I guess gotcha. at least a portion. Well, he's not white. That, that much is true. All right. So uh, so there you go. 800. So people are still doing this. There's apparently was a protest scheduled for yesterday. People are kind of you know keeping up on this in okay. Seattle. Excellent. So at least that's good news. But as usual, it's this sort of outrage has been sparked before by police k- killings. And uh, there's never anything that comes out of it. The, the best that you, you get is like a police review board or something like that. And that, that doesn't ever result in Anything that significantly changes things. Right. You know, if if a guy loses his job as a cop, I mean, it, it, that is that supposed to be somehow equal to going to jail? Because that's generally what happens in these circumstances. If they're found guilty of something, usually they're let, you know, let go off the force or something like that. And this Burke fella, maybe he'll have to fly a desk for a couple of uh, years or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll put him on uh, the duty at the, the county jail and maybe they won't do anything. All right, so coming up here, your chance to win a two-pack of the Totasack. In fact, we're going to do that right now, as a matter of fact. The Totasack allows you to bring the grocery bags back in from the car. No problem. One trip is all it takes for me. Totasack.us. You can go there to learn more and order your own. T-O-T-A-S-A-K. U.S. It is made out of uh, recycled material, but that doesn't mean it's cheap That does, as far as its quality. No. This thing could... It can hold way more than you could possibly carry in your arms. I don't know what it would take to break it, but it, you would probably have to attach to two trucks and drive opposite directions. <laughs> yeah, and it doubles as uh, kind of like brass knuckles, except they're not made of brass. I mean, they're just, they're awesome. Totosack.us. You can call in now, though, and win yourself a two-pack at 603-435-1105. You want a two-pack of the Totosack? It's yours. Just dial in. 603-435-1105. There's more Free Talk Live coming up. The Fed's cracking down on a bunch of websites. With so much economic confusion, who can you trust for straight talk? For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring us anything you want by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight is Ian, JJ, and Mark. All right, you can take control uh, here via the phones. You can also, of course, visit us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website, SARS free, freetalklive.com. Dot com. We go to the phones and to the fun. We'll talk first to George, TSA George, in Washington, D.C. You're on the amp lines. Hello, George. Hey, Ian. Um, guys, anyway, first off, I just want to say that one juror that thought the cop was justified, I'm pretty sure he's corrupt. He's bought off. Right Could be. You're talking oh, about the cop, cop. Uh, just for those just tuning in, you're talking about the cop that shot a man in Seattle on the open day, you know, right in the middle of the day on the street in downtown Seattle, shot him for basically not responding to his commands, not even hearing him when he told him to put a knife down, even though no one was being threatened. Uh, no one was afraid except for the cop. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm calling it out. He's corrupt. Anyway, um, get this. Just the other day, 
as I got as I involved in one of those um get all those passengers um so they don't touch my junk thing. I got caught I was like I got pulled off by my supervisor to do a private screening. He um with a, with a individual like one of my, me and one of my other coworkers. Mm-hmm. And when when we got to the booth, he was like uh, when my coworker explained the thing, I I was just there as a witness to cover our butts mm-hmm. and um but when the, when the guy explained the procedure, the passenger, my coworker explained it. The passenger said, "Okay, but if you touch my junk, I'm gonna have you arrested." <laughs> uh, we first tried to placate him, you know, walk up to him, and he's like, "Okay, okay." It, but then when we get, we were about to get to the buttocks area again, we explained what we were gonna do. You know, hand, back of the hands, he says, All right, "Once again, though, if you touch my junk, I'm gonna have you arrested." That, at that point, we go, "Okay, um, better have the supervisor." I'll handle this. That's what I, I was like. I, I told him, look, this would be, we're, we're not paid enough to put up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to put a drama that is, you know, I was being very, um, you know, respectful. But anyway, when the supervisor went in there, it was just him and the passenger by himself. And apparently the passenger elbowed the supervisor right in the eye. Wow. Yeah, it just went, and apparently cops were called and all that. But because the private screening area does not have a camera, they can't put the cops are like told the TSA, look, we can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the guy hit you. <laughs> so, wow. I'm amazed they, they at that. They had to let the passenger go. That's incredible. Amazed. Yeah. I know. And I was like thinking, dude, if you're going to, I mean, wanted to pretty much give the guy advice. Like, if you're going to do this kind of thing, better off to do it in Manchester Airport where you got a whole bunch of, you know, people who feel the same way you do to back you up. <laughs> So, you know, this really just goes to show that the TSA agents uh, don't have the same kind of privilege as cops. I mean, if you had tried that with a cop, if you'd elbowed a cop yeah. in the eye, uh, you yeah. wouldn't have gotten away with it. You'd be lucky if you walk out of that room under your exactly. own power. Exactly. Wow. Thanks for sharing that story, George. Anyway, I also had an annual proficiency exam today. What kind of proficiency? <laughs> it's one of those things where they um, measure how well you follow the rule book I see. on all the procedures. Mm-hmm. You demonstrate... You know, all the procedures to a tester guide at the office building across from the terminal, and um, they pretty much grade you on that. <laughs> so naturally, it's like, no, a lot of us don't actually like to go all the way up on the inner thigh thing to touch the junk. We just don't like to do it. You yeah, know, I, sure. a lot of us I mean, who's, who's dying to do that short? crap? Huh? Who's, who, who, who is dying to do that, you know? Exactly, you know. So, yeah, many of us kind of, you know, tend to stop short of that. Because we just don't like, okay, no way. So how did that anyway, affect your assessment? Oh, no, basically, in, in my case, it's like, look, if this guy wants the rule book thing, I'm going to go whole hog. I made him show me his OSET, and I practically got slapped with Megan's law almost. You made him show you his what? <laughs> O-face. Oh, <laughs> thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's continue here with... Jim in Illinois. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Jim in Illinois. Going once. Jim in Illinois. You there? Hey, Jim. What's on your mind? Yeah, it's uh, sometimes the phone system. There's a little bit of a pause between when you guys introduce the the person and you get the little fuzzy on our side here. But, um, hey, I wanted to bring up something that uh, Scott the Bigot said yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about basically how he was offended by he, he's offended by everything, but how he was offended by uh, the fact that there's a Black History Month, there's no White History Month, mm-hmm. and I have to agree with him that I'm offended with Black History Month too, but not for the reason, not for the same reason he's offended by it. Why is that? 
Well, for example, uh, a long time ago, I used to go to this church, and uh, there was there was a, a black family in this church, and this family was so conservative they made Rush Limbaugh look like Ted Kennedy. They did not fit the the stereotype at all, and they were originally from Haiti. They uh, they came up here. They saw the evils that the government down there doing. Now I'm not saying that I'm a Republican or a conservative or anything, but you know, given their experience, they they saw an alternative. They were not the stereotypical, you know, black family. And the problem I have with Black History Month is the fact that it's lumping all the blacks in together instead of their instead of celebrating their individual heritages. Like some people come from Haiti, mm. see things one way. Some people come from Africa, see things one way. Uh, some people there might be they might be black people that come from uh, from let's say London, England, for all we know, uh, that see things one. way. And the fact that we have a history month should be offensive because it's bringing everybody together into a collective instead of celebrating the individualness, the individual identities of the people. It's an interesting point. You know, I I, I don't disagree with the point the way you're making it. I think that it's... Uh you know it's it's good to learn things about different cultures and and that's uh, that's a good thing but you know as a result of black history month i ended up learning about uh, you know many of many of the, uh, the you know the, the famous black folks that are out there sojourner truth web dubois and i think that these people were they were they were revolutionary radicals in their time in the sense that you know they they wanted freedom for themselves and i think that there's a lot to be learned from them so i tend to you know, I, I get what you're saying. Nothing's fair and equal, but you know, there, there's so much to be learned from these people that I tend to like it. Well, you know, that's that's definitely a good point too. But it does seem that there's only certain aspects of the culture or the movement or you know what have you that do seem to be emphasized. And uh, I think there there should be a little bit more of a say a decentralization, if you will. Um, there's no white history month. I liked your point you made yesterday with Scott, where you asked him to name the name a Chinese uh, a Chinese uh, ruler, and then you asked him to name the a king of England, and you're proving the point that every day is white history month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, like people to... that would complain that there's a black uh, entertainment television and there's no white entertainment television. Well, look <laughs> at all the other 150 channels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, I'm still thinking that's kind of a kind of a. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to homogenize, and that's what the, the culture tries to do is to homogenize, is to lump people into groups. And you do raise a good point there, uh, you do raise a good point there, Mark, but I do see it in the other other perspective as well. I mean, there's, I mean, it is a two-way street. Well, I, I do think, I, I, I see the point that you're saying is that, um, you know, they, they pull the teeth out of, uh, in, in, while they do this process of teaching people about Black History Month, they, they do such a poor job of teaching people that they yank the teeth out of these people that, you know, that laid down their lives for more liberty for, uh, you know, p- people that are just like us. So, uh, you know, I get that point. It's in the sort of the same way as having the government school system teach the Constitution. It's laughable. But mm-hmm. it's all you got um you know i mean i'm true i am I'm, I'm against all kinds of government education and generally black history month is pushed by at least in my experience has been pushed by government agencies um you know i mean there may be i'm certain that there must be groups out there that that uh you know private groups that that, that push it and hopefully they do a better job jim mm-hmm. thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight i appreciate hey, hearing from you at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line coming up a little bit of uh internet news with the federal government seizing thousands of domain names, apparently on accident. 
Uh, Mark, you're going to tell us that story. And then apparently Anonymous has struck back again. Uh, We're going to give you some more information on what they've done to a security firm that had teamed up or was uh, going to team up with the federal government. They got spanked. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. Plus, a cop's been paid not to work for seven years. (laughs) It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We invite you to get some news updates. Get find, You can find out uh, what's going on with the show when it happens. If you're on the news updates list, you can follow it via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for free. That's news.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. All right, so uh, we're going to continue here, give you some Internet news in a moment uh, with the federal government shutting down and seizing a bunch of websites. Uh, But first, to your phone calls, Adam is in New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Adam. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, hi, I'm a, I'm a relatively new mover with the, with the Free State Project. Uh, I was just calling to uh, inform the listeners tonight that uh, we have a campaign going to potentially bring a ton of publicity to the Free State Project by um, getting the Free State Project onto a, a real NASCAR vehicle. Um, and, I mean, normally that would cost, at least tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. but um, but Toyota uh, has done, has had this competition uh, for a couple of years now, where they allow fans to go and design their own paint scheme, and then uh, through a series of, of voting and judging steps, they um, they narrow it down to one paint scheme, and, and the grand prize winner gets their design on a on a real sprint comp, sprint cup car uh, huh. that gets showcased at one race. Wow. So uh, I went in and and, and I uh, designed a paint scheme with a Free State Project pro- project theme. Uh, I used the uh, the Gadsden uh, porcupine graphic that a lot of people know of. Right, it's the porcupine, uh, cute little porcupine and, that says "Don't tread on me." There are flags that the, the right. Free State Project sells uh, that have the same logo. So you put that on the hood of uh, of the car, right? Right, right. I did, and I, I added a couple other uh, that liberty-minded people might recognize. But um, the the uh, the design was approved for competition. Um, we started kind of a blitz 
on social media yesterday to get people to vote for it. And uh, I'm happy to say right now we're in second place wow. overall out of out of over 2,500 entries. So that's incredible. Um, now, how can people go and vote on but, this uh, thing? Yeah, if you could just get uh, so uh, some of the some of the listeners here to vote, I guess we'll knock you right into number one pretty quick. Maybe, right? yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is, I mean we we can do much better because right now we've only got about 400 votes, and mm-hmm. we need about 400 more to get into the lead, and and surely uh, the Liberty Movement can can provide that for us. But um, the the way you do it is uh, you go to FS. NASCAR.com. FSP a, is in the Free State Project. That's, that's FSPNASCAR.com. Yep. I set up a website that forwards directly to the Toyota uh, voting page for mm-hmm. the paint scheme. Uh, you go there. It literally takes two clicks, uh, one click to get to the website, one click to vote. Uh, there's no registration. Yeah. There's no gimmick. I'm not making any money off of this. Um, it's it's very easy. There's a it is really easy. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to point yeah. out, I, I did it uh, today and yesterday, so yep. I voted twice, and it was uh, it was extraordinarily easy. And you it, could vote it every seems to know hours. whether you voted or not every day. Yeah, vote every twenty four hours. And when does this count, contest right. end? So, so the way it works is, uh, once you've got your design in, you have a fifteen day window to get as many votes as possible, Mm -hmm. Uh, and they'll continue allowing new designs through the end of March. And then at the beginning of April, they will uh, send the field down to 10 finalists. Mm. Uh, And so so then they'll reset the votes and they'll start all over? Exactly. And it's not just the votes that get you there. There's also a judging step. So Mm -hmm. it's very important that we get as many votes as possible. Um, My goal is to keep us in the top five um up until that point so that we have a really That's good great. chance of making it into the top 10 because once we make it into the top 10 um the expectation is that Toyota is really going to uh ratchet up the the advertising for this competition then and then we're going to start seeing a lot of people seeing the free state project for right because the then time, right then if they're if they're promoting the competition and the free state project mm-hmm. is in the final you know one of the final uh options then that means everybody that comes to vote in this is going to be looking through these different options they're going to see the free state project ad so that alone i mean even if it never made it past that point probably still worth worth the effort here and as you point out it's not a lot of effort at all uh you just go to fspnascar.com and you click the big vote button in the bottom right and I, I yeah, like that color exactly. scheme, that yeah, yellow and black. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah you did a good yeah, job, man. Yeah, and uh, and let us know. Will you you know check back in with us and let us know what happens with the second round or the the final round? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a great way to potentially get a lot of people to see the Free State Project. A great way, uh, you know, a fun way potentially for the Liberty Movement to kind of flex its muscles. So I hope everybody will go to fspnascar.com and vote, and then follow follow the action. At, at facebook.com slash FSP NASCAR. Very cool, Adam. And and thanks uh, in advance for keeping us in the loop on that and for bringing that up tonight because it's a pretty neat idea. And it's also a great example, and thanks for the call, it's also a great example of some of the activists that we have in this movement. I mean, how cool. This guy took it I on his own volition. Yeah, he took it on his own volition. Well, you're not a NASCAR fan, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if he is or not, but somehow he found out about this, and he decided this would be a, a cool opportunity to promote the Free State Project because, well, there's more than just activism that's going on in New Hampshire. Part of the Free State Project, you know, the main part is to advertise it to people outside of New Hampshire. We need people from around the world and around the country to come here and get active for liberty. And so once you've moved from the place, uh, you know, once you come, then that means that you 
can you're limited on the amount of things you can do to help bring new people here. So if you haven't moved to New Hampshire yet as part of the Free State Project, there's more that you can do to yeah, spread the ideas as a, a lot free state of opportunity project. to uh, get we get more people to sign up. But this is a great example of how he, from within New Hampshire, he who has already made a move, was able to make a, uh, you know, a, a, a do a good good thing here to get the word of the Free State Project out uh, from with, uh, even after he's already moved. So very cool. FSPNASCAR.com. As we continue here taking your calls, Anon calling from Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anon. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, that guy, the caller before me, uh, if you want to vote multiple times in a row, it's just tracking your IP address. So just reset your router, or uh, if you have a dynamic uh, IP address, just well, that would be that, that would be cheating, and I wouldn't advise uh, you know just go if you cheating. just go vote every day, then you're you're doing more than most people are. I think some people are, are perhaps doing that already. I'm I'm not, but uh, thank you for that information. Of course, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend yeah. cheating. I mean, it's, it's a little dishonest. But go ahead with your thoughts. What else was on your mind tonight? Uh, actually, I'm a, uh, I help. I'm a member of a certain website that uh, that hosts members of the anonymous group, largely. <laughs> Excellent. On our website, I was going to let you guys know there's a lot of points of contact between what you guys believe and kind of what Anonymous is working for. Oh, I suspect that's true. Yeah, we actually oh, large- are, we're going to do a story about the H.B. Gary situation here uh, in a little bit. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, this is it's just it's, I mean a lot of the certain the website that I go to is uh, you know it's pretty open to people who want to post whatever, and so you know you have a large a large group of libertarians on there that spouse their ideas, and I think that really shows in the movement. Um, well, if you don't mind, if you want to tell us more, we can hang on to you here, bring you back in a moment. Anon, listening in Alabama, member of the Anonymous Group, allegedly, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website. The site is freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo and show that their listeners are Free Talk Live. Uh, also, validated videos qualify as well. You can go and see what that all means. Become a lady, uh, become a Shriner if you are a lady listener at shrine.freetalklive.com. And this June 20th through the 26th, it's the biggest freedom-oriented event of 2011, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The Free State Project is putting it on as they do every year, and it's got something for everyone, and you can be a part of it. From live music to games to vendors that you won't find anywhere else, Porkfest has got it all. Now, early bird registration is available for 25 bucks for just the whole week, but you can save 20% by using our coupon code FREETALKLIVE, which is all run together as one word. So for, use the code FREETALKLIVE at porkfest.com to save 20% on your registration or any T-shirts or flags or other stuff that you might want to order as well at the same time. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, porkfest.com. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I'm pretty excited because it's yep. always a good time. Very good time. 
So uh, let's continue here. I think Anon is still with us, calling from Alabama. Uh, apparently a member of the group Anonymous. Uh, and Anon, are you with us there? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so you were talking about, um, I guess, one of the websites, or I guess you're involved in hosting sites for some members of Anonymous? No, 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 man. Uh, it's uh, Anonymous largely operates on Anonymous message boards. Mm-hmm. That's the name. You know, that kind of gave Ross the name Anonymous. Um, right. Like 4chan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. I didn't know whether to mention the... Uh, yeah, yeah, like 4chan or ebombtheworld.com, mm-hmm. one of those. One of those sites. But, and these um, are places where people can go and can post pretty much anything uh, within a certain spectrum. Uh, and there's really, I guess, there's probably some way to find out what their IP address is, but there's no logins or anything like that. No, no, no logins, uh, no archiving of message board activity. So once mm-hmm. something is gone, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the advantage of this, of course, is that it leads to a lot of free discussion because people are able to say what's on their minds without worrying about having an identity branded upon them. You know, that leads to. Um, People holding back what they really think if you, due to societal pressure, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. It does, certainly. Um, and, you know, a large part of what Anonymous is fighting for is not is not just, like, angry kids striking out at, at credit card companies or anything like that. It's, it's, it's the whole culture of how they're ruining liberty on the Internet. I mean, Facebook is, a, is just a symptom of the disease. You know, a lot of people will be angry at Mark Zuckerberg, but, I mean... Really, the truth is, is that, you know, we just see that a lot of people are, are a lot of corporations are taking up large sections in, of the Internet and just making it so corporatized and clean and boring. Right. Register for this and, and give me some information for that and uh, pay me for that. Yeah, it's definitely the idea that the free Internet that once was where people could create things and, and pretty much do whatever they wanted is is definitely starting to decline as more and more corporations start making these huge website conglomerates and start taking over various aspects of the internet. And then, of course, you have that whole um, where they they charge more for better service or for more of a uh, you know throughput, mm-hmm. uh, where they're starting to do the more tiered uh, charging and then the uh, the mobile you know the different uh, levels of of uh, traffic that you can get. I haven't seen that happen uh, beyond just like having a turbo tier or something like that. Right. Uh, uh, which, look you know. at Canada. Yeah. Canada's new internet law. They are they only have one provider for the internet, pretty much. Really? And that guy is jack- and that the company is jacking up prices. Mm. They have no one else to turn to. Not only that, they're charging for tiered internet access. That's the current plan. Wow. Is it government? Is it government operated or is it like a government granted monopoly? Government granted monopoly. Wow, well, that's outrageous. Well, I mean, but yeah, look at this way. If you go over like five gigabytes a month, they're going to charge you like 40 bucks as long as you stay under five. But they'll give a discount for bandwidth usage for companies and websites or that, that offer a point of view that they, that they agree with. You know, that, that's what's really worrisome, hmm. that they're going to take what was once the greatest the area for really great discussion and channel it down to where it's just Huffington Post and Politico and garbage like that, you know? Well, I think they... I mean, they- they feel the need to. Uh, the success of the internet and the blogs of putting out different opinions and different ideas and different perspectives has led to a lot more free thinking. And that is, free thinking is the antithesis of government. Government is one one sort of ideology, one form yeah. of thought where where everybody agrees on the same thing and we're all put in the same shoe. Uh, 
and and that's not how human beings should be. That's right. Not, that's government. Not the last thing government wants is critical thinking. The last thing that the last thing that any big corporation wants is b- critical thinking mm-hmm. because you know they're they're very powerful in this world the way it is. Critical thinking would require steps and improvement in, into a new world. They don't want that. And God knows there's one thing the government does not want to do. It's to make substantial changes that the populace calls for. I mean, let's not uh, – to give the Internet credit, look at, look at the success it's had in Tunisia yes. and Libya and Iran. These things were not even possible without the Internet. For, 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 uh, governments were able for a while to crack down on the centers because it took a while to mobilize. You know, you were able, to, you were able to, to infiltrate groups. When you start a Facebook anonymous group, you know – they lose a lot of their power over people. Certainly, uh, the uh, the effect that uh, the face uh, the social media has had in in Tunisia and Egypt has, I think, largely attributed to their success. Not well, only. No, wait, wait a minute. weren't you Anon? Weren't you just attacking Facebook a moment ago? Well, Facebook is good. No, mass communication is the is the good part. The bad part is labeling people's views inside of that inside of the communication. That that may not make a lot of sense. I'm saying that people shouldn't be tied to the statements they make 100% like they are in real life. Mm-hmm. Because if we do that, these people couldn't have organized like they did on these social media groups, right? If it was like, you know, John Smith, due to his internet login, says this, then no matter what he says, we still know who did it. Right. You know what I mean? They were still largely anonymous. They were getting on Facebook using proxies and fake names, which is just another form of anonymity. Mm. Yep. So what's next for Anonymous? I mean, how uh, how well connected is this group? How how many thousands of people are involved? I mean, is there any way to have any sort of finger on that information? Not really. I mean, if it does, it pops up on certain boards. I don't know if you remember the Scientology uh, raids a few years back. Yeah, sure. yeah. that's right. It's uh, good stuff. That, that was that was that was a great moment of real life activism stemming from Anonymous. But uh, we're we're I mean, you never know. I don't know. You know, I mean, that, that's the whole point of being anonymous. Where's the, where's the, is there like one primary location where people go? I mean, obviously there's probably a lot of decentralization, but. Or, uh, 4chan. 4chan? I mean, that's, yeah, 4chan. I mean, but I wouldn't recommend that just to all your listeners. Why, why wouldn't you? Well, 4chan has the best and worst of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it has the greatest comedy and the most tragedy is, it is. Uh, I've been a 4chan user for five years now, and uh, it's. It, unless you're, unless they are calloused and desensitized uh, people, I would not want to do no. that to them. Yeah. <laughs> no. <one. laughs> right. It's gotten better. About, anything over there. there about, I don't know how, how many years ago I, I was looking at it. It was just shocking. <laughs> Some of the things that you would see there. And, 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 you know, honestly, though, a lot of the great internet memes and uh, ideas and, and uh, comedy has all come started from 4chan, from 4chan and yeah. the image boards and eball world. You have to go through a lot of garbage to get there, though. <laughs> Anonymous users, oh God, yes. Uh, anonymous users who contributed their intellectual property in a free effort yep. started internet memes. Right, pretty much. I mean, but no one, no one got credit for that. You know, like, um, like uh, the cat, cat pictures on the internet that started a fortune. Yep. Hey, uh, Non, thanks for checking in with us tonight, and uh, feel free to keep us in the loop from kind of the inside as to what's going on. It's it's, it's interesting. I think you're the first person to call who's actually you know, claimed membership, if there even is such a thing. And I thank you for the call tonight. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Well, I think there's, uh, you know, I I don't, I kind of like the anonymity. I like the idea that people aren't labeled as being a part of this group or that group. But I will say that there are several individuals within the uh, New Hampshire uh, Liberty community who are very good with technology, and uh, 
They're very supportive of Anonymous, so that's about all I really need to say. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, techno geeks here in this movement, the Liberty Movement, and, and the reason is because, well, the Free State Project started on the internet, so it kind of was already in that realm. And then also uh, people that are of the technical persuasion, it's easy for them to kind of move around. A lot of them, they've got mobile uh, mobility for their careers. Certainly. You can work remotely telecommute 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves bring up whatever's on your mind in fact more about anonymous coming up here in a little bit of course we're going to take your calls first about whatever's on your mind but uh, jj you're going to fill us in regarding what they did to one security firm that was looking to team up with the federal government it's free talk live we wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers their three dollars per month helps us spread free talk live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. And we've got a lot of different stuff there. In fact, if you want to help support the show, you like the fact that the website's free, then you can uh, become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. It's three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for. Remember, the website, we give it away. So this is above and beyond that. This is if you want to help Free Talk Live, say, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board through internet advertising Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, AMP-only podcast, and more. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You can use PayPal, Visa, MasterCard uh, over there at uh, amp.freetalklive.com. And apologies, uh, there are some technical difficulties with our broadband stream tonight. Uh, You can still, of course, listen through our cam. Uh, The webcam has the show at all times. And uh, freetalklive.com actually has our own streams as well. So it's the LRN.FM mainstream that is is apparently going under some maintenance, unfortunately, during primetime listening hours. (laughs) What can you do? Uh, so we're going to continue here. Take your phone calls about anything. Michael is listening in Norfolk to WTAR. Hello, Michael. Hi. Uh, gentlemen, I have a suggestion. Uh, there are 1,600 talk radio stations in America. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, if he were alive today, wouldn't be listening to entertainment uh, radio or television of any kind. He would be listening to programs like Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and I, I believe that uh, we need to encourage the listenership here to really uh, go on a fast from uh, any entertainment whatsoever. Well, now, wait a minute. I mean, I would hope that Free Talk Live is entertaining. I mean, one of the things we want to do is entertain people long enough to where they'll be able to hold through a commercial break to listen to more. Well, uh... I think you should probably use another word there, because uh, the American people are overly entertained. That's the reason why they are allowing their country to be uh, ruined by a Congress out of control. Uh, Now, when you say entertainment, just to clarify, are you talking about, like, the obsession that people have with pop culture and Hollywood and things like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, anything that is not vital information-seeking. I, I, I would consider entertainment. Okay, so like and, sports and, uh, as you said, pop culture, TV, pretty much anything on TV. 
Exactly. Anything in that nature. Now, if we who understand the seriousness of our national situation uh, don't commit ourselves to blocking out these other intrusions uh, from our thinking, uh, we're not going to be successful. Uh, Men lay down their lives to create this country, and we're not going to save it without laying down their lives. Well, I don't know if we have to lay down uh, our lives, but I think that you're right in general with what you're saying, with the the idea that many Americans are very distracted by what some might call the bread and circuses, uh, that they are you know easily drawn in by the this kind of a huge realm of pop culture and obsession over celebrity and, and Hollywood status and all of that stuff, and they uh, they kind of live their lives vicariously through the lives of the the stars essentially, and I can definitely well, see that as as a problem. Yeah, well, I, I heard even Alex Jones admit to that only uh, uh, a week or so ago. Uh, the problem is, even a man <clears throat> as committed to him, to trying to foster change, uh, wants to look for an outlet from, from uh, the in, uh, intensely thinking about these situations. Well, uh, you know, I don't know what he said. I obviously wasn't there. I don't listen to his show. But uh, yeah. but I think that there's something to be said for not being serious all of the time. I mean, you've got to take a break. You've well, got I, to, I, see, uh, I definitely see what you say, you're saying, and it's very noble to sort of focus your energies on productive means. It's, I mean, Just from watching the activists here in New Hampshire and the people who actually are going out challenging laws, getting arrested, and, and basically doing the, the hard sacrificial sort of things where you spend time in jail or you spend time uh, dealing with the courts, these people also need a little bit of levity at times, a little bit of, of uh, the whole work hard, play hard mentality. But I do agree with what you're saying to an extent about spending too much time on the uh, the media sources that are distracting people that aren't actually accomplishing anything. I think a little bit of entertainment is great, but people too, go too often... Far. Too often, people are going to see something serious and then quickly turn to something entertaining so they don't have to deal to with it. forget that, about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that cognitive uh, dissonance that goes on in their head. They, they don't want to deal with that because it, it takes effort and work. It's too much work, yeah. Well, Ian, uh, here's how I feel. You know, um, we want to get you on those 1600 talk radio stations. We need to set you apart from the less purposeful programs that are out there. And I think by your having a message that says no more entertainment media, yeah, that's not my message. I, I wouldn't make I wouldn't make that my message. I would what my message would be is that uh, you know you be please be entertained, but at the same time pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't allow that to be your escape from reality. Right. Take some yeah. effort and and make your world better and turn off the TV sometimes. Clearly, entertainment is working in that it has the ears of the vast majority of people. So I think that a show like ours, the best thing that we can do is be entertaining, so that people are drawn away from those other. Comp- Competing sources of media, and they're drawn to our show because the uh, hey everybody, let's have a really crappy time and uh, you know talk about serious stuff. I don't I don't think that message has much zip well, to it. No, I, it I, legs. Okay, just as an observer from you know watching Free Talk Live and and listening, obviously I've been a, ho- a co-host for a, a few more than a few shows, 
but you do you don't entertain as much as you inform i think just from my perspective you, certainly a lot of what you're saying and a lot of the news stories have some entertainment value because of the some of the novelty some of the stories mm-hmm. are definitely out there and and certainly different but at the same time a lot of what you and mark talk about ian is very informative and it, and it carries a lot of of weight right but there's a difference exactly. okay hey michael exactly. any other thoughts you want to share tonight well, I don't consider it entertainment. It is entertaining, but I don't think we want to use that adjective because it's going to confuse people. Hmm. It's very entertaining. It's very entertaining, but like uh, the uh, gentleman just said, it, it is informative. That's the most important thing about it. So I think we set ourselves apart by simply making the statement to the world, no more entertainment media, listen to Free Talk Live, <laughs> And let's go on a campaign to get at least an hour a week on one of those, on each one of those 1,600 talk radio Well, the good news is, the good, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and the good news is that it's pretty easy for our listeners to do that. We made a, a resource for them. If you don't, I mean, you're, you're fortunate. You get the show six nights a week there in Norfolk, thanks to the good folks over at WTAR. Um, you could get a third hour. You guys don't get the first of our three weekday hours, so you might want to call up and, and tell them thanks for, for airing the show and then ask for the, the first hour of the program. But otherwise, you, you're pretty much in a good way. The rest of the country, they're not getting so much free talk. I've got 94 stations across the country, and there are a lot of areas where we're just not in there. So uh, if, yeah, you, not even close. Yeah, if you live in those areas, you can go to localfact.freetalklive.com. That's localfaq.freetalklive.com to get kind of a frequently asked questions about how to contact your local talk station what's the best way to go about doing that on behalf of free talk live and you know what that makes a difference when somebody calls and and appreciates uh, a talk station and tells them you know what they think might make some good programming rather than kind of downing their existing shows and attacking the things they don't like uh, kind of coming from a more positive right. perspective that makes makes an impression well we had talked about doing stuff and and you know in the case of that cop story earlier a lot of people are afraid to challenge the police but there's other things you can do maybe just getting free talk live on in your neighborhood will will activate that one person who will go out and do something sure they will hear that message of liberty liberty and they will do something about it but they don't know it's there right now so so getting that message out they're getting the ideas to you know permeate through the 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 different people and and sometimes, and Michael, thank you for the call, but sometimes entertainment can be some of the best ways for people to encounter these ideas. I mean, you look at, like, let's, obviously it's not a libertarian uh, opus or anything like that, but look at The Matrix, for instance, you know, the 1999 film by the Wich- uh, Wich- Wachowski brothers, Wachowski brothers. Anyway, the uh, everybody knows the Matrix, right? Sure. So uh, you know, kind of this this idea of breaking out of a control structure and and be, being the one. And I thought you know the Matrix is a very self empowering uh, film, and so you can put some really powerful uh, liberty oriented ideas right smack dab in the middle of entertainment. Now it might not be knock you over the head, hey, you need to get out of your chair and do something, but putting those ideas out in even subtle ways is very important. So entertainment can be some of the ways to help wake people up. Or it can, it can get into their mind and let you get that inf- information to them. Yeah, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But generally, I do agree that Americans, in a, a large part, many of them are very distracted by things like sports teams and uh, you know all the other silly nonsense that they're presented with. 1-800-259-9231. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire? Meet more than a 1,000 freedom-loving friends? and experience the free market in action? 
You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Jane Neal Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. So you can also join us on our website where you'll see that on the front page in the main column, there are a bunch of different news items typically, things that you might find interesting. Those were created by listeners like you. Maybe it was you. Or if it wasn't you, you can go and add something to it if you want. You can go and add whatever you want from the Internet to our website, and then other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked will make it to the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and the fun, still to come, we got to talk about the anonymous group and what they did to a security firm that was getting ready to team up with the feds. Uh, we'll find out about that here in a moment. JJ's got the story. But first, we go to Michael listening in Texas. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Michael in Texas. Hello? Hello, hello. Hey, you've got a really bad-sounding connection, Michael. Are you with us? I uh, know. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, the... Uh, back to the police thing. Yeah, the police. Um, thing. Which one? You know, I know a lot of cops that are on steroids, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm betting uh, my life that uh, he was probably on steroids. It just, you know, they just they just go. You know what I mean? The roid rage thing. Were you talking about the cop that shot the man with a knife who was just whittling and not threatening anyone? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, possible. It's certainly there possible. hasn't been any science to back up this whole roid rage thing. Well, well no, there's not. There's not any other science to back up any of the things that y'all were talking about either. Like he was made a mean face. I mean, who, who knows? He was whittling a, yeah, uh, yeah. a piece of wood. Yeah, it's it's a guess, and I can tell you that uh, I've talked to people. I'm telling who, you, I know a lot of cops, and I know a, a lot of cops that are that are into things like that. I mean, it's just I what believe they do. you. I believe you. It's absolutely the case. Certainly, I think that whole culture of building up your body and being this this mean machine that hurts people uh, leads to obviously the more testosterone. Okay, and, I'll get off the line. Oh, more, thanks for the call. And more aggressive behavior uh, from the police because of that. That sort of. Uh, you know, bodybuilding mentality. Yep. They're competing. They're competing with each other to some extent to be the baddest ass, and uh, some of them want to have an unfair competition. Sure. And bulk up. Of course, there are obviously some consequences uh, to making choices like that. We continue here. Dave, listening in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I, I keep thinking more and more as, as I see more and more of these uh, little revolutions taking place in these various Middle Eastern countries. We need to be thinking, how do we make that happen in the United States? Hmm. What do you think? 
Uh, I don't know exactly how we do it, but I have three ideas. The first would be, we've got, obviously, we've got a problem that they don't have in the Middle East, and that is that our system here is designed to give us a new dictator every, or a new tyrant, at least, every, every eight years. Right, and also give people the illusion that that means that they can actually change it. They can change right. the system. So we can't. We don't have the simple option like in Libya. It's a simple goal: Muammar Gaddafi leaves office. Simple goal. We don't. We we don't have that here. You know, it wouldn't be worth spending all that time just to try to get Barack Obama to leave office because we just get another tyrant. Mm-hmm. Right. Barack Obama is likely need, to leave leave office in uh, you know less than two years anyway. Right. Yeah. So we need a goal that's actually worth fighting for uh, peacefully and. Uh, Maybe just someone else has a better idea, but the best one I could come up with is the, the goal should be the elimination of legal tender fiat money. Okay, that's a noble one. That's the tyrant we want to leave office. Right now, it's not a popular enough issue, but once people start getting hungry and they start blaming fiat money for the... I think many of them will start mm-hmm. blaming fiat money for the source of their troubles, then would be the moment. That's my theory. I think that's an interesting idea. Certainly, uh, I know the IMF and some of the world banks. So they're they're talking. France, especially, is talking about a new reserve currency and moving the dollar out of the reserve currency sort of phenomenon that's that it's in, where it's protected. The inflation is sort of spread out among so many people that it's not really felt, that it's not really seen. So. Removing the dollar from the world reserve currency and the the currency used to calculate oil or petrodollars um, would probably weaken the dollar to the point where any inflation that happens would have a drastic effect on the population in, in the United States. Yeah, and that will happen by itself. The question is just what do we do with it? I mean, what, do we, what do we do with that tragedy to turn it to something halfway decent? Um, and uh, the, the other thought I had was in Egypt, um, I think you, know, you saw a lot of folks descending on their city centers anyway. That's where they went, even if the Internet hadn't been cut off. But going to the city centers got around the Internet problem. And it also, in the United States situation, if you think about it, the city centers in the United States are where that, that's where the federal buildings are and the Federal Reserve uh, buildings are. So people would be going to those areas anyway. Mm-hmm. It just may be that the way to spark this thing properly is to, to have people protesting in front of the nearest federal building or the nearest Federal Reserve building, preferably. And and that would be what they are against. They want the Federal Reserve to come to an end and to be not replaced with some new fiat but money. But you pointed out that this is likely only going to occur after some sort of significant level of uncomfortability is uh, is put into American lives, right? I mean, as of right now, most people, even though there is obviously an unemployment issue for some folks, generally, Americans are pretty comfortable still. Right. Egyptians are so brave and impressive because they are hungry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, that, that some of that hopefully will, will manifest itself in Americans once they start getting that degree of desperation, too. Well, it's hard to say. It's hard to be hopeful for people to be hungry. I mean, I can't really say I, I'm hopeful yeah, for I'm that. Yeah, I'm not, not looking for that either. Yeah, I, I don't, don't. Yeah. But I, I think it's inevitable to some, something like that. I may, you know, maybe it won't go as far as hunger, but it did in 1930. So we shall see, Dave. I think it's an interesting approach, and I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. That's Dave from uh, RidleyReport.com, by the way. You know, I was uh, at a I was at a neighbor's house today. Um, just go over there sometimes and, and hang out. And it's interesting 
these guys were basically talking about just this that the uh, the, the fiat thing. The, 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 well, not the fiat thing as much as the dollar is going to cease to be the world's reserve currency in mm-hmm. relatively short order. You know, these guys were talking about news stories uh, that how uh, China's you know been saying that they wanted that they're you know they want to deal in things that are other than dollars that they want to deal in the the yuan. They were calling it the yen. I'm not going to claim these guys are uh, you know uh, basement economists or anything like that, but they had a a, a pretty good grasp of what was going on. I was keeping my mouth shut, and you know, after after it was all sort of over, I, I mentioned that uh, you know the, you were actually talking about the yuan, not the the yen, and you know, <laughs> you know, from their point of view, same thing, right? And they were understanding that likely that the. Uh, the International Monetary Fund, not the IMF, the, the World Bank is going to cease using the United States dollar as its uh, reserve currency some sometime in the relatively near future. What that is going to do to the dollar, how there are all those dollars way out there in the world, and then once it's not the world reserve currency any longer, those dollars are going to come back. They're going to come back to the United States. You're going to see a flash of hyperinflation yeah. if that happens, because suddenly people aren't using dollars to pass things back and forth from Iran to to mm. Russia, they're going to be using uh, I can't remember what they're called, but the you know this this basket of currency currency thing SDIs I think is what they're called these SDIs or um, you know yawns or something like that they're going to be using those so then they're going to take the dollars they've got and they're going to try to buy what they can get out of the United States that thereby there's going to be a, a an increase of dollars coming back towards the United States and then what happens. It's going to be disastrous. I mean, they're already talking about higher food prices around the world, incredibly higher food prices around the world. And then the United States is poised to lose its world reserve currency status. Holy crap. I'd have no idea what's going to happen. There, there's no doubt that there are a lot of frightening uh, economic indicators out there. I don't like subscribing to the doom and gloom Me philosophy either. personally, um, but uh, you know, we could, I could be proven wrong on that, right? I mean, there's all kinds of bad news that could yeah, be I, just around the corner. I'm not sitting around, um, you know, thinking about bad news either. But I think you, yeah. I think it's a time to start looking at your uh, at your own finances. There's no, nothing no, you can about do that. about how the government is ruining our currency. There but is you something take you can do you. about your own. That's true. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. Certainly a good time to get your financial house in order uh, and maybe start looking to move to New Hampshire if you love freedom. And if these things are going to happen, it makes sense to be around other people that have similar mindset. 1-800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free and you take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231 is the number. That's, again, 1-800-259-9231. We bring you a lot of features on our website and we give you the whole thing for free. One of those features is our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page 
over at cam.freetalklive.com. It's all free, courtesy of Memory Dealers. Again, that's cam.freetalklive.com. And memorydealers.com is the world's offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. Optical transceivers including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacs, and X2s, they're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. And get this, up to 99% off of list price. Memory Dealers also offers customized solutions for all your transceiver requirements, including private labeling, in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. All right, so we continue taking your phone calls about what you want. The latest on Anonymous and the cyber war coming up in a few moments. But David is here first in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live. David in New Hampshire. Going once. Hello. Hey, David, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, there's a uh, hesitation on the phone. Um, oh, I was going to ask, um, oh, as far as like us revolting in the USA like they did elsewhere, I think this um, all this corporate takeover with the uh, Citizen United and all that kind of stuff, I think that's going to help to that end to an extent. What is, what is the Citizen United? What is that? Citizens United decision and corporate personhood, ah. oh, yes. and ah. and just the fact that like corporations are going to be able to more so by politicians and like the people won't won't have any it'll be less of a uh, idea that we do have some control over who's in charge and stuff yeah does anybody really believe that i mean i understand what you're saying like it's over time it's becoming more and more obvious that it's the big players that really make the difference in politics and that the little people yeah. they don't care about um so you're saying that's becoming more and more uh, apparent to people and that at some point they'll be fed up with that yeah i think citizens united is and that you know they're just the corporate person that yeah it's the um corporate money in politics i mean if they doing that i mean the way i looked at it was that barack obama you know a lot of people uh put like people put little contributions from just like regular people to get him in there and stuff and then 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 the uh the um citizens united decision was kind of like well we've had we're not going to have that kind of thing happen again so we're going to make it so the corporations can you know just like yeah but what good did it do happen again first of all i'm sure plenty of corporations gave to barack obama corporations have been giving to candidates for a long time right that it was much more of a uh, grassroots candidate but what good did it do i kind of disagree with that i honestly i feel like obama was the chosen one well before he was even on the presidential campaign when he was elected to Senate, he, when he was elected as a senator for Illinois, people were talking about him being a president that, that same instant. So I think the establishment had already picked him to be the next you know, figurehead. Absolutely. I mean, you don't make it through a presidential campaign typically unless you are an establishment player. Ron Paul being kind of the uh, the odd man out, think, or Dennis Kucinich being the odd man out on the Democrats. Yeah, side. I think this this phenomenon that you talked about where the citizens you know, or the, the people – donated money and brought a candidate up that that was true with ron paul and his campaign but for the most part i think ron, i think uh, obama has been an establishment player 
But there's no doubt Obama had a message that uh, made people believe that he was going to be different. And that's the same kind of playbook that they run every four years. The politicians are constantly pushing a message of, of change or that I'm different from what has come before. And then, of course, he did get elected and we now have seen and hopefully the people that supported him have seen that he is no different. What was it that he – didn't he nominate like the, the former head of J.P. Morgan or something yes, like that? to his be chief one? of staff. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this I mean, guy it, is so connected to the corporate world. Yeah. He, I, all, a lot of the key players have been in this, this financial terrorism is what I call what's going on in Wall Street. And the uh, J.P. Morgans, the uh, uh, Goldman Sachs, those type of uh, establishments have been supplying people for the the White House, for various cabinet positions, mm-hmm. for the Treasury Department position. So as far as I'm concerned, business is well, well in bed with the government in many facets. Yep. David, any other yeah. thoughts? I was just going to ask um, something about, um, like, um, JJ, that's your name, right? Yes, sir. You, you, you like, represented uh, a demo, is that true? A demo from uh, LibertyOnTour.com when he was recently in jail. Uh, yeah, JJ. Well, it's it not really, I don't want to say that the word represent. I, a, a demo spoke for himself, and yeah. he did... He just needed someone to put in a motion. Basically, that's oh. that was my function. Someone on the outside, because yes. it's hard to file motions when you're in a prison right. cell. David, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Andrew in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Greetings, gentlemen. Greetings, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I um, wanted to um, first make a, a slight correction. That in the past couple of podcasts, I've heard... Uh, uh, Ian and some other people refer to the term due process, which is a legal term and defined, you know, by legalese. Um, and I, I feel it's been misused to equate it with justice hmm. or something that's right. Um, and then the way it was used, I, I, I don't have a specific offhand, but um, I'm going off my memory that essentially it was equating um, due process with justice, whereas uh, all that due process really is is that everyone is treated fairly according to their circumstance as they are in the justice system. So the perfect example that was touched on earlier in the evening was police officers don't receive the same type of justice that the average citizen does. That would essentially be uh, a lack of due process, whereas like procedurally uh, in the justice system, um, if you file a motion and you get screwed just as much um, as the next guy, then that's due process. It doesn't mean that the decision was right or just, but according to due process, you were treated fairly because, well, you got screwed the same that the next guy would get screwed. I see. Thanks for the correction on that. Yes. And uh, my main point that I wanted to talk about tonight was, uh, I don't know if you uh, talk talked earlier about the Wisconsin lawmakers who have uh, absconded out of the state. We um, haven't gotten into that yet, no. But it's interesting Um, stuff. Yeah, essentially what happened was there was the whole dust-up in Wisconsin with uh, um, uh, the governor essentially putting down a proposal for vote uh, on uh, restricting um, the rights of uh, the public sector unions to collective bargain, mm-hmm. as well as making some significant uh, cuts to the budget. Right. And that apparently came to a head today 
in the Wisconsin uh, Senate, I believe, or the House, um, where they wanted they wanted to vote on the proposal. The problem being that they weren't able to get the three-fifths of the membership of the Senate to uh, be in the body. Uh, therefore, they didn't have a quorum under the rules to conduct business. Mm. So, they, so by not showing up, they uh, the, those people basically shut down uh, the government for the day, or for the they shut down the state house. Essentially, and I feel it's it's good in the short term, but I think it's short-sighted on their part um, because. You can explain a moment. Hang on. More coming up here about Wisconsin. You can bring up anything as well. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, dial in toll-free, and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page of the website. Last week's worth, right there at the top. And then click into the archive section to go all the way back to late 2006. All completely free. And thanks to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates from which to choose. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. If you use that portal we've created for you, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Not only will you get a 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, and 24-7 technical support, but you'll also get your first month completely free. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, we've uh, actually got Andrew on the line who's bringing up the Wisconsin situation. It was one of the things we had in the show prep for tonight uh, where faced with a, according to the Associated Press, near near certain Republican victory that would end a half century of collective bargaining for public workers. Wisconsin Democrats retaliated with the only weapon they had left. They fled. Fourteen Democratic lawmakers disappeared from the Capitol on Thursday just as the Senate was about to begin debating the measure aimed at easing the state's budget crunch. By refusing to show up for a vote, the group brought the debate to a swift halt and hoped to pressure, uh, pressure Republicans to the negotiating table. Now, Andrew, you said that was short-sighted of them to uh, to leave like that. Why? Well, and I'd like to go back and kind of explain why the why they've left Illinois is because the legislature Wisconsin. set up. Uh, sorry, uh, Wisconsin. They left for Illinois. Um, the reason why it's um, kind of short-sighted on their part is they had to leave Wisconsin because the legislature basically gives itself the power. Um, to um, arrest, you know, apprehend uh, members that are away from their um, sign posts. You know, assen- the uh, the call of the legislature. Essentially, what the governor did was he said, "All right, you guys, you need to go in there and uh, you know work on the stuff." And the uh, you know speaker of the, uh, the presiding officer said, "You know, hey, we need to conduct business, and uh, we we don't have any members here, so." you know, dispatched, you know, the police and the sergeant of arms of the uh, Senate to, you know, go bring them back to, wow. you know, do their, 
to do their job. It's um, impressive. Yeah, it's uh, you know it is impressive, and that's why they left uh, Wisconsin because well, if they're in another state, you know, some other state can't uh, essentially return them to you know the you know Wisconsin because well, there's no there's no reciprocity. They haven't you know been they haven't committed a crime of you know some sort. You know, they're just you know away from. Uh, Away from their, uh, you know, the their derelict home state. their duty. They they haven't committed a crime in Illinois, which is what you're saying. That's why they went there, right? And it's it's kind of genius if they plan to, you know, essentially wait out the elective term, which they probably won't do because, well, they have to, you know, stay away for essentially the entire remainder of the term, and all of the members um, enough, you know, to not create a quorum would have to stay away to bring the government to its knees because. Well, you can't you can't impeach um, the members if there aren't you know any members there to you know conduct the you know removal procedure, proceedings because well they can't they can't impeach their own members because they don't have enough you know people to uh, do business. But also, if they don't come back, don't then come back, they won't be able to do anything, do anything. ever. Right. So uh, you know, essentially, if they're willing to you know stick their neck out and you know essentially grind government to a halt. Uh, then that's great, but you know it's kind of not what they signed up for. Since sure, they've well, they, got things that they want to accomplish. They've got bills and such that they likely want to get passed, and they're, it's very unlikely they're going to stay gone for the the whole rest of the term. Right, and and it doesn't bode well for either their salary um, that they get because they probably get a you know decent salary, unlike in New Hampshire where they only get two hundred dollars. Yeah. And 200 bucks plus, you know, mileage and uh, committee expenses. But um, well, worst case scenario, much- the only thing you're missing is Wisconsin, right? You just go on down to Florida, have a good old time, have some drinks, you know, forget so, about it. So what's going to happen here now? I mean, what's the prediction? Are they going to come back? Um, will this move forward? Are they still in Illinois? Um, my, I guess they're holed up at some uh, conference center in Illinois. But my guess is they'll go. They'll eventually go back um, because well, it happened in Texas. I think this past year in 2010, um, they had some something come up and a bunch of members left, but they eventually trickled back after the Texas, Texas Rangers rounded up uh, enough of them. So <laughs> I, I think in a situation where they have the senators away, it's kind of easier because you're dealing with a smaller number of people um, that you have to round up. Um, presuming that all the members stay away. So if they have family in Wisconsin, you know, and they don't mind, you know, missing them for, you know, the next couple of years, then I, I don't think uh, anyone will miss them. Uh, I suppose huh. if they're gone long enough, maybe they can hold special elections to replace them. But Interesting. Thanks for the call tonight, Andrew. I appreciate you bringing yeah. that up. Uh, it does sound uh, J- short, short-sighted. JJ, you're from Wisconsin originally. Right. I mean, what, are the, what does all this say to you? Well, I think large part of it was, as you said, the budget shortfalls. Wisconsin is quite socialist in a lot of what they're passing, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, welfare-type legislation, and the, uh, you know, instead of bullets, they're, they're passing the bread legislation. But anyway, I think this, this speaks to something else, actually, where... The people who protested, the people who went out there on the streets and held signs were government workers who were not happy with the decision to cut their pay and or to limit their collective bargaining ability, which would obviously cut their pay if, if they couldn't uh, strike as a union. Supposedly, we're 25,000 of them out there. Uh, That's today. right. I think it's it's 
it's kind of sad that the only people who are willing to protest are government workers mm-hmm. when their the government teat is run dry. And well, they uh, have the interest. I mean, they that's one of the oh god. There's some sort of term in economics or the kind of the Austrian world for this, and I don't remember what it is. But it's where the people who are in government have a huge interest in lobbying for more government, or in this case, lobbying to keep things status quo. Because that's what they do. Whereas uh, the rest of us out there, if there's some new government program proposed that only affects a certain industry, it doesn't affect a large enough swath of uh, right. of the rest of us to make it worth our while to you know go to the state capitol or go to D.C. or whatever and, and sure. actually get active. Well, let me yeah let, let me explain it uh, you know pretty easily. Let's say that there's a new provision to give uh, free optical care to the government employees. That provision will affect your you know given area by one dollar and fifty cents in taxes. However, the government employees themselves say, hell yeah, free optical. And if they don't get it, then they're, they are motivated to go out and strike and whatever. But who's Whereas motivated to average, go out for a dollar? Right. The average person is not motivated to do this for right. the buck fifty. You, you stack that up on top of every other single benefit that they get, and pretty soon they own you. I think, I, well, the point I was trying to make was that with all the problems that are going on with local governments, state governments, national government, that the only people who are willing to protest for anything are the government workers. I, I don't see a lot of people protesting like um, the uh, the stuff going on in Guantanamo Bay or Bradley Manning no, or yeah. WikiLeaks or there's some Bradley Manning protests, but not they're not huge. So or or just how about fiat currency? How about the Federal Reserve? Well, I you know I I did go out to an in the Fed rally. It's been a couple of years uh, since I was out there, but you know I, I th- th- there was a pretty large group. It, it's just not a lot. I agree with you. Demonstrators stood shoulder to shoulder in the building's hallways in the Capitol in Madison, uh, sat cross-legged across the floor and made it difficult to move from room to room. The scene vacillated being, uh, from being festive to angry or sometimes just plain weird. One protester rode across the marble floors of the Capitol on a Segway and other pitched a tent for an overnight stay. Protesters clogged the hallway outside the Senate chamber, beating on drums, holding signs, deriding uh, the, I guess, the walker, I think that's the governor, and pleading for lawmakers to kill the bill. Some others even demonstrated outside of lawmakers' homes. Hundreds of teachers joined the protest by calling in sick, forcing a number of school districts to cancel classes. Madison Schools, the state's largest second, uh, second largest district with 24,000 students, closed for a second day. Don't forget that the uh, the schools allowed the uh, the students to go uh, and protest. Know, yeah, go go to these protests. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. These people are hooked on this government money, and they can't imagine not having the same level of power that they've uh, they've always had. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want in the remaining moments coming up. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We've got enough time for you and your thoughts, though, if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com and link in through there to Amazon through our affiliates link. That'll allow you to get your shopping done and get stuff delivered to your door, get a great price, huge selection, even used items as well over at Amazon. You just enter through our affiliate links at shop.freetalklive.com and Free Talk Live will get a cut of your purchase. So you get the shopping done that you need to do and Free Talk Live gets some of the sale. Just start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. The Wisconsin situation continuing to boil over with government bureaucrats convening in the uh, state capitol and making a whole lot of noise 25,000 people allegedly there today because they may lose some of their collective bargaining so-called rights matt in illinois is with us with some thoughts hey guys i just wanted to say that we got enough corrupt politicians in illinois we don't need the politicians from wisconsin coming (laughs) down here (laughs) i hear that uh, you know, I don't mind collective bargaining and and uh, and uh, uh, unions and things, but it just seems to me that it's a little silly when they're when they're bargaining for other people's money like that. This is yeah. it's not a, a business that you're bargaining with. This is people who are being forced to pay for for their uh, for their jobs what? at the point of a gun. And a lot of people in Wisconsin don't have jobs. You know, there's a lot of unemployment up there too. I liken so it to uh, I liken it to pir- uh, pirates divvying up the booty. You know, they they just raided yeah. a ship. They just raided a ship full of uh, you know a merchant vessel full of goods and, and uh, coins and whatnot, and they're divvying it up. And uh, some of them don't like the uh, the share they're getting. So this stolen property, it's. You know, mm. they don't see it as stolen property. They see it simply as it's theirs. Their, their earnings. Yeah. Wisconsin, there's really not a lot there for them to get in the first place. I mean, it's—I I don't think it's one of the—I don't think it's a really very rich state. I, I might be wrong about that, but no, uh, it, you know, it it's, seems it's not. Yeah, hmm. it seems there's a lot of poor areas up there. It is the most drinking estate. I did see some statistics recently on that. Uh, Wisconsin, number one in most binge drinking, number one in heavy drinking, and number one in casual uh, casual drinking. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. That's how they drown their sorrows. (laughs) Thanks, Matt, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Do you miss it, JJ? I mean, you've been gone for a few years now. I I miss my family and Mm -hmm. the friends that I had there. The community I was a part of was fun, and I I like the uh, the big city. I was in Milwaukee, so I liked Mm -hmm. all the things that come with the big city. But I lived in the suburbs, so I didn't have to put up with the big city hassles. I could go to the big city when I wanted and you know, find twenty-four hour diners, twenty-four hour entertainment, whatever it may be, uh, that you won't find here in Keene. But the community uh, here in Keene with the activists is by and far much better to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more twenty-four hour things too. But you know, we are in a city of uh, twenty-five thousand people. That's, that's right. Um, and we do have a twenty-four hour grocery store. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one and a CVS. Let's talk to uh, well nobody. Uh, we're going to talk about the anonymous situation where uh, they have taken 
down, attacked successfully the websites, uh, the defenses on a website operated by a security firm. What happened, JJ? Uh, this this story comes out of arstechnica.com. It's a good site. They got a lot of liberty-leaning technical news there. Anonymous speaks the inside story of the H.B. Gary hack. It has been an embarrassing week for security firm H.B. Gary. This is from last week. And it's H.B. Gary Federal offshoot. H.B. Gary Federal CEO Aaron Barr thought he had unmasked the hacker hordes from Anonymous. Ooh. And was preparing to name and shame those responsible for coordinating the group's actions, including the denial of service attacks that hit MasterCard, Visa, and other perceived enemies of WikiLeaks late last year. When Barr told one of those he believed to be an Anonymous ringleader about this forthcoming expose, the Anonymous response was swift and humiliating. So wait, this the CEO bragged to someone in Anonymous that he was going to go get him? That's right. Wow. Yeah, foolish. Yeah. HP Gary's servers were broken into. Its emails pillaged and published to the world. Its data <laughs> destroyed. Its website defaced. As an added bonus, a second site owned and published by Greg Hoagland, owner of HP Gary, was taken offline and the user's user registration database published. Over the last week, I've talked to some of those who participated in the H.P. Gary hack to learn in detail how they penetrated H.P. Gary's defenses and gave the company such a stunning black eye. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, this is a cybersecurity firm. That's that right. This is their job. Yes, yeah. this is their job is to to block hackers and to counter attack. These aren't these aren't the same. You know, these aren't the same people running the government websites. Those are a bunch of jokers in comparison to the people that are actually professional security experts. Right. And yet well, they couldn't even stand up to anonymous. Yeah. Well. And no one could stand up to anonymous. That's just that's the way things are. Hmm. H.P. Uh, Gary and H.P. Gary Federal position themselves as experts in computer security. The companies offer both software and services to both public and private sectors. On the software side, H.P. Gary has a range of computer forensics and malware analysis tools to enable detection, isolation, and analysis of worms, viruses, and trojans. On the services side, it offers expertise in implementing intrusion detection systems and secure networking, and performs. <laughs> Hopefully, they were able to detect intrusion detection systems and secure networking, and it, and and performs vulnerability assessment and penetration testing of systems and software. <laughs> well, they should have checked themselves, yeah, because they were using some really bad software that had some gaping holes in it. Wow. The article goes on to to talk about how. Uh, Anonymous is a diverse bunch, so they tend to be younger rather than older. The age group spans decades. Some may still be in school, but others are gainfully employed office workers, software mm-hmm. developers, IT support technicians, among other things. What with that age, with that diversity in age and experience, comes a diversity of expertise and ability. So it's true that most of the operations performed under Anonymous branding have been relatively unsophisticated, albeit effective. The attacks made on MasterCard and others were distributed denial-of-service attacks using a modified version of the low-orbit ion cannon. Low I love that tool. name, the low-orbit ion <laughs> cannon. It can, amuses the crap out of me. It's just software that a bunch of people can run, and essentially it creates this botnet that allows them all to simultaneously um, you know, request this it's like a cyber server. sit-in, basically. Yeah. It, it it just occupies that server. Yep. It's not an actual... Not a hack. It's not a hack. It's not a, a malicious attack. It's not anything that would damage anything. It's simply a sit-in in the cyber universe. Yep. Now, according to leaked emails, Aaron Barr believed that H.B. Gary's website was itself subject to denial-of-service attacks shortly after he exposed himself to someone he believed to be a top anonymous leader. But the person I spoke to about this denied any involvement in such an attack which is not to say the attack didn't happen, simply that this person didn't know about it or participated. In any case, Anonymous plans were more advanced than a brute force denial of, uh, distributed denial of service. 
H.B. Gary's federal website, hbgaryfederal.com, was powered by content management system. CMSs are a common component of content-driven sites. CMS might be something like WordPress, which is uh, a very popular system that websites are built on top of. You don't have to do the background programming because it's already been taken care of for you. Well, I'm going to start with this article. Uh, Basically, that's sort of the overview. But part of what they had found was the emails that he had he was coordinating with the uh, the federal government as well as uh, institutions like the Bank of America to combat WikiLeaks, to launch a campaign against Glenn Greenwald, who is pretty much a staunch WikiLeaks supporter, and, mm-hmm. and his blog is getting a lot of attention to the WikiLeaks stories, as well as other, um, you know, sort of anti, not anti-government, but pro- Pro-freedom. Pro-transparency. Yeah. He's pretty liberty oriented, from what I can tell. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen him write on you know other issues, but when it comes to foreign, uh, you know, foreign relations and yep. things like that, he's pretty good. The only data released so far has been fifty thousand plus emails from Barr's personal account. Uh, apparently, what they found when rifling the network just made the hackers more angry. This became rather clear in an IRC communications between Anon participants and the principals of HB Gary, which included HB Gary President Penny Levy, founder Greg Hoagland. And Aaron Barr, who runs HBG Federal. Didn't uh, she come into the chat room or something like that? Yes, at one basically, point? A, Anon runs IRC chats. There are certain people who just run that chat. Mm-hmm. And they, they sort of pointed at these people who are running the IRC who are simply administering that network function and they're calling them the ringleaders of Anonymous, which is far from true. Mm-hmm. They're simply running that, that aspect of right. that website, that software, whatever it is. So, yes, they came into the IRC chat and, and tried to get some explanation, tried to, to, to ask questions. And it's like calling the bartender at a bar where some mafia guys hang out the leader of the mafia. Yeah, because I mean, he's just, visible. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And basically, it was uh, just hilarious, that the response that they got and, and sort of their <laughs> questions and their their point of view. Uh, the chat logs. Uh, they ta- they hack these people's websites. They completely put up their own message on right. the HP Gary website. Yes, right? uh, I have. Um, here's a, I have a picture here of the website. It's basically uh, the, it says this domain has been seized by anonymous under the section 14 of the rules of the internet. Greetings, <laughs> HP Gary, a computer security company. Your recent claims of infiltrating anonymous amuse us, and so do your attempts at using anonymous as a means to garner press attention. They for got pwned. We're out of time. <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> We are out of time. Back tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you.